A little disclaimer at the start, where you can just add a disclaimer. This was shot live. Recording in progress. <coughs> I'm so weak. Oh, God. Oh, wow. See, Indy's much stronger than you are. Come on, let's go. Just, let's fucking go. Fucking we don't know what we're fucking going. Yeah, we do. Well, did you not prepare it? Come on, right. Let's go. Let's do it now. Spare the moment. No well, foreplay. Adrian Blair. <laughs> oh, the actual fuck. Oh, that's amazing. Out. <laughs> not, not chef My name is John Dude. That's how you sound today. You know what? I'm doing an impression of you. I can't I'm not doing an impression of you because it would be inappropriate. Come on, bring it. Ooh. I don't know. I can't oh, do God. What was that? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I like Oh, that was going to be massively offensive. <laughs> Probably going to anger half the accounting world with that little noise. Well, don't <laughs> put it in the thing then. I think I'm <laughs> I was not you know, included in the making of this podcast. You know that in mocking me, you then did the head movement that I... <laughs> Even the Simpsons don't offend all the Indian people. <laughs> I did heads. not do any head movement. <laughs> yeah. I shook my head you in just, disapproval. You just do it without realising. That's why Ryan's got shoulders. Culture is that, Brian, because I am British. Okay. <laughs> no words. No words. I'm digging a hole, I'm going to shut up. You're not used to having a muff so close to your face, is what you're saying? No, I am not. But I imagine you are. That's why you're making funny slurpy noises, though. Is that why? That's why you're making slurpy noises. It's all about your weekends these days, John Toon. My weekend. Consists of gardening at the moment. Lovely. Dirty hose and all of that. Boom. Yes, very dirty hose. I'm getting my own back. We're in person now. You're not so bold. Oh, I am. I <laughs> you clearly are. Get myself from Urkin. No, two pay, two pay. That's it. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Digitals in a Cruel World podcast. Today, we are going to be featuring some of our updates and news on the sector and what's going on. But before we crack on, Indy, since you're sat across the table, because we're being semi-professional today, tell me all about your day and how it's gone. My day has been exceptional, exceptionally busy and exceptionally annoying at points, but good. Actually, I spent most of the weekend clearing up the house and doing the gardening, and there's no euphemisms in that. It was a very well overgrown. I built some muscles I'm a bit stiff today. Good, good, good to hear. And Ryan, how has your day been? How has your weekend been? Well, today's been good. I've discovered that John and I cannot put any tech together in trying to set up our pretty much on-site podcast today. But otherwise, pretty good. Just interested to learn more about Indy's bush trimming. (laughs) Good, good to know. Well, I think we forgot to say as well, it was your birthday, wasn't it? Not, not so long ago. And we almost missed it. We were only a few days late, weren't you we? You did. You got me some uh, amazing beer, though, about, yeah, three weeks late. And <laughs> I've been enjoying that at the weekend. Good. And how are you? Come on, John. Tell Am us I? how you are, big man John, down in London with the Southerners. How did it feel getting <laughs> on that train you today? It's hot. It's too hot down here. It's too hot. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm used to it raining, clearly, because I'm up from, from up north. So, you know, to see the sunshine, which we've got today, is amazing. And it's about 20-odd degrees, so very nice. Yeah, I'm glad to be down here. It's nice to come to London every so often and have a bit of fun 
in the city with all you southern softies. We're ready for our week with you, John, for our close-up with I'm you. Not, I'm not ready. I've been practising. Peanut butter and jelly, that's what I'm going to be. Yeah, where are you spreading that? <laughs> oh, it's because I'm between two white bread. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you broke me. <laughs> What's the weird white bread that has, like, brown bits in it? I can't remember what it's called. Oh, half and half. Yeah, like, that's why I thought Ryan was more. Oh, no, mighty, oh, mighty yeah. white. Mighty white. Yeah, oh, that's mighty Ryan white. Is. That's what you are, Ryan. Mighty white. <laughs> Wearing mighty whites. <laughs> it goes with his giant Ryan and <laughs> Ryan Rage. Mighty white. Mm. Yeah. Oh, drink my beer. Go out to town. Beat someone up. Should we crack on? Wow. So, without further ado, let's have some news. <laughs> so, I'll kick this one off. Adrian Blair has finally come out of hiding after disappearing from Dext for pretty much exactly six months. He posted on LinkedIn and said about how brilliant Dex has been under his tenure and he's excited about where it's going. The reason we're mentioning this is there was a lot of speculation pretty much six months ago and we didn't know what's gone on. We're still not entirely certain, but I'm pretty sure he was on guardian leave for six months. That would make sense. So where has he gone? He has gone nowhere as far as I'm aware. So Adrian has not got anywhere as far as we can tell. We know that he's still got a couple of positions with uh, a couple of businesses. One's called Circle. He's also down as a non-exec at Purple Bricks. But as far as we can tell, he doesn't have any new positions. Yet. So I caught something else, which was all over LinkedIn. And then there was an article released last week by Insider about the Neobank N26, which has closed a lot of accounts automatically. And I thought this was really interesting because... It's one of the first neobanks which has struggled with that AML process and what data they've been able to find out. And they've had a bit of a wrist slap by different regulators, but it's showing that the neobanks are really great for the onboarding and speeding up the onboarding. But the problem is still an issue for them is the AML piece. Yeah, I picked this up as well. I think it was about 100 accounts that they closed or, or over 100 accounts they closed. My issue with this is they pretty much did it automatically yeah and my concern is that as banking becomes more and more commoditized and automated that this will become more frequent that was my worry from the, the review I saw it. yeah it just shows that some of the neobanks aren't untouchable at the moment <laughs> it's better in person actually you can sort of say yes and cut across a little bit. Yeah, you can, it's a bit more yeah. visual, isn't it? So if we got meet up every fucking week? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's going to take this long. Because <laughs> you, you lot can do me, I didn't. Um, <laughs> Go on, John. Okay, so in other news, Samia Desai, who is the co-founder and long-term CEO of Funding Circle, recently raised $30 million to launch a new fintech called Superpayments. Uh, he's got some support there from VCs, including... Axel and also got some funding from Funding Circle themselves and also Local Globe. So it's quite an interesting one. He's wanting to sort of you know shake up the payment space, which seems to be the, the, the thing to do at the moment. Everyone's doing that, aren't they? And you know, really interesting that someone with his sort of um, weight and authority in the market has decided to step in as well. Do you know if he's taking anyone from Funding Circle with him? I don't know. There's quite a few bits and pieces in the press about this, but it didn't really say what he was doing. I'm sure at some point there'll be some connection there. I mean, if he's got some funding from there, maybe they've got some shared staff possibly already. Very insightful, and Samir has done a great job of building out funding over the last decade. So a different piece to do, again, on the edge of financing. Procore has partnered with Capitalize to fund construction projects. So 
construction industry has been brought to its knees during the COVID times. So they've had to continue um, working on projects throughout the period. And the construction industry has kind of been notorious for having issues with access to financing. So this partnership will allow more of the, the construction companies that are um, listed in Procore to access some of the funding options through Capitalise. Yeah, it's educating that funding query, isn't it? It's using information that's in the finance system and pulling it through and yeah, getting more tailored funding in an area that's always struggled because of the, the fact you can easily win or lose large projects at any given time. And it's the nature of the actual applications because the way that a construction company can get access to money is that they have to have like a certain work schedule that's approved and then they normally have to get the financing on something that's an application and not actually the end invoice. So they really do struggle with getting someone that can take the risk on having the application approved but not actually having the work paid out because they need to get the work checked off by a quantity surveyor. So... I love the fact you just tried to delve into the world of accounting there with some expertise. I actually learnt this uh, recently from the CFO Centre, so I can't even claim credit for that knowledge. It sounded like you read it from a textbook. Well, I didn't, (laughs) as you can see that I'm here in person with you. (laughs) She did it well, though, didn't she? Pivoting Sahara is now powered by commerce. So for those of you that doesn't know or don't know who Sahara are, they are an expense management solution, more advanced than... Dexton, auto entry, similar to Lightyear, quite comprehensive, but they were missing that payments element. And so by partnering with Comma, they are bringing that end-to-end solution from capturing your information to pushing through for payment. You can pay directly from the Sahara platform via Comma, utilising open banking. Yeah, and keeping the open banking theme, uh, I picked up something that was in the Altfi news uh, a few few days ago, which was a piece that was written by Duncan Barrigan, who was the chief product and growth officer at GoCardless. And he was talking about how VRPs, so variable recurring payments, are going to have a significant impact. It's payment technology that's going to go live in July. And effectively, he wanted to sort of focus in on two use cases. One of them was for sweeping, which is moving money between your own accounts, whether that's a business or as an individual. And that's an area that I think we've touched on before and has been really the, the preserve of larger corporate bank customers in the past. But then he also wanted to focus in on the opportunities with e-commerce and saying about how VRPs potentially are going to be a, a competitive force to, to be reckoned with in the e-com space, particularly around making payments a little bit easier, reducing the, the friction that's had to come in as a consequence of the changes that are happening around credit card payments. Uh, and apparently he, he was highlighting the fact that as a consequence of the changes that we're all experiencing where you need one-time passwords or to use your app to verify payments, that actually carts have been abandoned at higher rates now than they were ever before. And so he thinks that uh, VRPs might be the solution to that problem to ensure that you get more conversion on a website for e-com. Speaking of VRPs, NatWest have become the first bank to go beyond, I guess, the remits of standard open banking and partner with TrueLayer, GoCardless and Cresco uh, to launch their VRP system. Very interesting. And I guess NatWest have generally been leading in, in the main players in the banking sector. And I think this is going to be something that jumps them ahead because this is something that a lot of businesses are hunting for. And you've got a lot of really interesting apps in that space. As, as a threesome, you know, it's an interesting one, definitely for technology uh, space. Both of us know Cresco really well. And we know that they've been working hard at enabling VRPs through their technology. 
as you say, Ryan, we know that NatWest have been really pushing hard because they had already launched VRPs into their own banking product, but it was limited to their single platform. And so this looks like a way for them to open that out so you can have bank-to-bank transfers rather than just um, you know, within the NatWest ecosystem. So fascinating stuff. And there'll be lots more of this to come over the coming months, I'm sure. As you'll love, John, loving open banking. Pivoting <laughs> completely into a different area, TurboTax have now basically settled and have to pay $141 million for misleading millions of taxpayers with their allegedly free software. If you listen to one of our previous app news, we delved into this in detail. If you want to learn a bit more about that, jump back and listen to one of our previous episodes. But basically, has to have a tax accepted liability? It sounds like it. That's an interesting point, because as always with these settlements, you don't always agree to accept liability, but the fact that you've paid out always uh, is a good indicator. Another little bit of I don't know whether, whether you want to call it a spat, public spat. We like a spat, yeah. A little bit of spat. Plaid accused Stripe of underhand tactics over a new open banking product that Stripe have launched called Stripe Financial Connections. So the CEO, Zachary Perret, has taken to Twitter to highlight the malpractices that he suggests that Stripe have gone through to launch their new product in terms of working with plaid over the last couple of years and taking information from them and then allegedly kind of using that information to build their own product out but i don't really think this is tactically any different from some of the things that i'd heard that were you know something that amazon used to do really early on with other businesses which was to engage with them take the data understand the kind of inner workings of it and then potentially either acquire it or build it themselves i'm not sure we're advocating that that's something people should do though no it's very underhand. It's always a we risk. We do though. not a, approve of it. It's a risk when you do these kind of partnerships, isn't it? Unfortunately, these things happen, so you just got to protect yourself. If there's a case to be heard, it'll go through the legal system and someone will win or lose, won't they? Best way to start it, though, go to Twitter. That's <laughs> how you win all these arguments. Indeed. In the trial of... Okay, I have a piece of news. The Fedmaster has given fintechs more power. That just means that fintechs are here to stay because they are catching up to the market a lot quicker than some of the traditional institutions. Can. So there's an area reserve. of deregulation, well, not, not really deregulation, but permitting other people to utilise the regulation. So in the same way that we've had in the UK, huge boom in fintechs because of changes in regulation to allow them to create things like e-money accounts. But some of the uh, older accounting practices can't work with them because actually they'll say, well, if it's not a regulated form of technology. Because they don't know what they're talking about, that's why. Anyway, more on the US. So I picked up a thing in, in Reuters, which was talking about the fact that the US are now contemplating implementing an open banking rule, but then it was being bogged down by privacy concerns. So for, for anyone that you know, is familiar with open banking in the US, they've kind of gone for this non-regulated, industry-led approach to that space. And as a consequence, the reality is that they're lagging way behind a lot of the other territories that have gone down the regulatory route. So it's quite interesting to see that they're trying to implement something now. And then, as we know, in the US, privacy laws are not comparable with certainly European, UK privacy laws. And there's always been an issue around what the consumers in the US expect. So it's quite interesting now to sort of see that open banking, which potentially empowers the consumer to utilise their data and have access to their data, has been held up by a privacy case uh, or, or a lack of privacy law designed to protect consumers to have more control over their data. So you've kind of got two pieces of, of legislation almost like butting heads here, which are really trying to achieve the same thing, which is empowering consumers and businesses to have more control over the data, not less. 
I thought we'd finish the open banking news, John. You'd just constantly bring in new stuff. You love yeah, that. Just keep piling it in. <laughs> well, I'll take it into an area that I've always had um, interest in, which is payroll and HR solutions integrated. And OnFolk HR has now launched on the Zero App Store. What I'd call a more premium solution. It's £8 per month per employee. Fully integrated HR to payroll to finance system platform. You're getting a lot in this space after years of accountants begging for it. We're getting a lot of different software vendors in the space. And I think there'll be some consolidation because with all the funding going in, booming this business, there's just not enough customers out there for it. So I think there'll be some consolidation that we'll see over the next couple of years following this spate of new tech. Separate news, really exciting news. Very, very happy for her. Our second podcast guest, LMH, the wonderful Lisa Miles Heal, has become the CEO of Silverfins. She is the bicarbonative soda of the accounting tech world, right? The growth agent. <laughs> oh, okay. What are we going with that? <laughs> She's ex unleashed and she We're has not getting been her back working. On the pod. She's been working very closely with HG and has now taken the helm at a silver fin to grow that accounting and audit tech business. So yeah, let, let's, let's be realistic. Silverfin have gone through a challenging period and I think Lisa's been brought in to try and stabilise that and, and push it forward because it's been a fascinating product for a long time but hasn't delivered um, on the expectations in the marketplace. Yep, I totally agree. And if anyone can fix the problems... LMH can because she's a rock star. Exactly. A rock star with you've, really cool cycling shorts. You've, you've saved it, John. She might come back on the pod. I'll be compared to <laughs> bicarbonate yeah, sober. Carbon, so you've got very dirty puns. <laughs> <laughs> what the? I did not say Pans, that. not pants. I did not say that, LMH. Okay. <laughs> John, I think we should talk about one of our cornerstone sponsors, Comma, for a bulk payments platform built on open banking, which I think is your baby. <laughs> it absolutely is my baby. So yeah, delighted to talk about Comma. They are a platform that will integrate with all of the major cloud accounting platforms like QuickBooks and Xero and Sage, etc. And we'll also have those connections into most of the high street banks and some of the leading fintech accounts. So the concept around Comma is that you can pull your invoices directly from whatever accounting system you've used. You can then pick and choose which ones you want to pay. And at pretty much the click of a button, it will take you direct to your bank account to make one-click payments. So super speedy. They also allow you to do payroll payments as well in a similar kind of fashion. You've got to think about this as a simple way of avoiding those errors that can be easily made in terms of putting the wrong account number or wrong details in. And you know that because it's connected to your account system, you're getting the correct data live, ready to be paid at the right time. Cool, yeah, and I've got some clients on this that, that swear by it already, um, and it's already streamlined the entire payables solution. So if you want to know more, check out usecomma.com, which is U-S-E-C-O-M-M-A.com. Um, right, let's move on quickly. So Zero launched their new ultimate plan, and it sounds almost as exciting as it sounds, which is their most comprehensive package for small businesses. So there's a new price point for us accountants and partners to worry about, which I'm not always sure is, is easy to deal with. But in general, my gut feeling from reading the marketplace is that quite a lot of accountants are keen to have seen this develop and, and, and come in. So what you get now is you get the standard Zero product with uh, a whole host of bolt-ons effectively within the Zero ecosystem. So you get access to more payroll, you get access to part of the projects, but you also get access to 
the business insights platform as well. So a few extra bits in there that maybe accountants have been a little bit cold on, particularly maybe payroll and the business insights platform, which are both paid for individually as, as separate features. So I think it's good. It's a good entry point for maybe slightly larger, a little bit more complex businesses to, to be able to see everything bundled together as one. This is just maybe a demonstration that, that hopefully zero are coming back around to a little bit of sensibility in the market. Well, I think when generally you bundle things together, it's usually because there is a part of that bundle that is not doing as well as you hope. And so you're trying to boost it. The question is, what part of the bundle is the one that's struggling? Business insights. Probably. Something really different. So Sage has just gone through a rebrand. For anyone that knows the world of marketing, Wolf Ollins were the ones who complete that rebrand. And that means nothing other than A, it costs a lot of money and B, they are the authority on everything to do with brand. So the new logo has been launched alongside a range of different service announcements that have been ta- that have taken place. And it's uh, a move away from what is like the more traditional view of the Sage logo a lot more contemporary. Steve Hare said that the um, logo is a fresh brand that is meant to reflect the simplicity, flow and confidence that Sage can give to customers. So I quite like it. I think it's cool. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the Sage swag. I I like the logo, but I didn't see it and think that represents the flow of Sage. I saw it and thought, yeah, that's definitely a contemporary modern representation. It's definitely more flowy. (laughs) But you thought you saw it and you thought, represents the flow of sage that's that's marketing speak that is i thought that it's like it, it's like watching sage rustle in a gentle way, <laughs> that's, what that's what it is no i thought that it was actually like what he said it took it out of like that old traditional looking 100%. brand that it was to something that had a little more <clears throat> flow and it's it. still green so Stuart Hurst can still rant about it so good so <clears throat> free agent just announced that they are launching a landlord's product called Surprisingly enough, free agent for landlords. And uh, you yeah, tell Wolf Hollins didn't do that. <laughs> so essentially a new version of their software built specifically for partners. And it's been designed in, an, in advance of MTD for ITSA, which is coming down the track. So for anyone that does have landlord clients that earns up to £10,000 per year from property, you're maxed out at five properties. You can't have more than five properties on there. I'm not quite sure how they deal with that, whether that's tracked or, or what. Not clear. And obviously, you know, designed for the self-employed, so you can do the reporting required under MTD. It's a, a good use of their product because that's definitely a, an area of the market that they're aiming at. You know, smaller entities, sole traders, uh, partnerships, etc. The next few months are going to show it's going to be extremely busy in the software market for landlords and other 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 entities that are going to be affected by MTD for it. So. Definitely a lot of development in this space. Right, so we've got a few quick updates. Um, I'll jump in first. We've got zero uh, releases. They've been oddly developing more reporting that seems to be all they've been doing for the last 18 months but they've finally released management reports directly to the end consumer and i've been waiting this for ages because so many of my clients have wanted these packs to be able to play with them add remove pages so thank god that they've finally released that i've been talking about it for so long they've also edited the bank rec so there's now more prompts so i know they've, they've we mentioned it on the last app news about the fact they've been tweaking the the bank rec to enhance it because that's pretty much zero's key selling point they've automated more it'll bring more in a lot more green buttons to push exciting and maybe less exciting but uh, zero and pkf announced uh, a new global partnership uh, i think we covered something uh, relatively uninspiring and unexciting uh, a couple of pods ago with the tie-up between assets and zero and a similar kind of partnership effectively what they're saying is that pkf are going to make zero software a partner of choice 
across their global partnership. So it is what it is. It doesn't really do anything more than... Just marketing, um, isn't it? As I said in the last it's one, just, just marketing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just hoping that maybe our HLB network will do the same and there'll be a big fancy announcement that we can splash all over LinkedIn. We'll wait for that. I also got some news on Unleashed. Unleashed are now on the Zero App Store. Well, what this means for any of you delved into the new Zero App Store, you get a free trial by using the software and you also get to pay it directly through your Zero subscription. So it's a way of Zero kind of bundling this all up, all the add-ons into one area. So it's a lot easier just to pay and manage it all. It's something that apps are slowly transitioning from the old App Store to the new, um, slightly better features that come alongside that. And QBO QuickBooks Intuit announced uh, a new feature called Spreadsheet Sync. So this is built off the technology that they acquired from Datadeer. Gosh, when was that? Last year now, I think it was. So this is essentially what Intuit do, isn't it? When they go out and buy a product and then they build it into the platform and rebadget it as their own. So anyone who's a Datadeer user will be familiar how this works. It allows you to connect your online bookkeeping solution to Excel back and forth, and then you can sync the data, you can upload journals, etc. For anyone in the zero ecosystem you will probably have also heard that datadeer is is being run down and from the end of october this year i think it is you will no longer have access to it so there are alternatives such as if you're using the google space and there there's already been one new announcement for an excel integration but we're told that it's not quite out of beta yet so stay tuned for us to announce it on a future app news we mentioned free agent development benchmarking on a previous pods and all they've done now is release a feature so you can compare it to similar businesses. I kind of really wonder why that wasn't there in the first place because it kind of makes the benchmarking pointless, but now you can compare it to businesses similar to yours. There's also been a update from Futurely Predict, which has added customer and supplier trends. And congratulations to David Tuck as well, are in order with the launch of Mayday Recharger, which he has officially launched. He was our podcast guest number five in this case. So we've had the celebration of podcast guest number two and number five. So well done to David. I don't know if you guys have used Mayday Recharger or come across. I've been using Mayday. Yeah, I, I've been involved in the beta and the development of the product as David's been going along over the last few months. And it's great to see that it's finally been launched. I believe, although I'm happy to be corrected, but I think at the moment the full integration with Zero is not quite live. So you still have to push back your journals using a CSV upload. But the intention is to make that fully automated. And I think once he's got there, that'll be really interesting. And it's an area of challenge for a fairly niche number of businesses, but definitely something that's particularly useful to have a software solution for. Yeah, cross-border groups, you should be checking out Mayday, Mayday Recharger. For those of you that have heard of Nine Spokes, uh, this is a dashboard app. This is no longer free. They are bringing it in at $19 per month. This, the, the key thing about this software, the key interest of this software, because it was never amazing, um, was that it was free and you could do some interesting comparisons directly from it. They've now decided they want to develop it out, put a lot more investment in, and because of that, they are charging users at $19 per month. That's a bit disingenuous to say Nine Spokes was never that interesting. The problem was is they developed for Sage first, which meant that, for most of us who were cool accountants that went you know, in the early days with Zero and QuickBooks Online, is that you, you were then stuffed with a, what looked like a potentially quite interesting sort of dashboarding app that would only connect to something that nobody was using anymore. Okay, fair enough. I didn't find it interesting. So something else from Zero, they put out on their blog uh, a little while ago that they're looking to change how they work with partners. And the head of partner sales at Zero was talking about the journey that they've made and about the fact that they want to improve the way that they're going about their account management and then reiterated some of the 
services that they offer through that account management in terms of things like partner consulting, access to Zero Central, which of course is a help hood, access to education, and then also to try and re-engage with the community. Maybe not an area that, that possibly you and I, Ryan, have, have suffered from as, as much because I know that for the larger accountants, our account managers tend to be relatively stable. But from, from talking to and listening to other accountants, particularly in the UK, that their zero account managers can be changing almost weekly, it seems, and they really struggle to have a, a person of contact at zero to, to resolve any problems or to help on board new clients. So zero reaching out to reframe that is really good. I think that's in the context of the resurgence of Sage, you know, we've really got back out there and started to re-engage with their community and in the context of QuickBooks trying to nibble away at the other end of the market. So good on zero to re-engage. Definitely. Zero struggled through the pandemic and I think they had some brutal feedback from that. So it's, it's, Brilliant that they've come out and, and said something different. Final one, just uh, on the released, which is a powerful award-winning cloud-based commercial property management software. Love has, that. Do you love it? So they have uh, closed around at 15 million US dollars, led by JLL Sparks. You love released then? So released probably the number one commercial property management app in the Zero ecosystem. Brilliant product, really scalable, really effective. For property management businesses, essentially, you know, quite often what will happen is that they will, they will have uh, complex ownership structures with things like SPVs involved. What that means is that you can end up, you can go crazy on licensing if you're not careful, but what Release do is they let you manage all of those properties in one space without having to worry about where those SPVs sit and how to, how to then link that out to multiple zeros and make it really seamless and effective. So really good product. Works very well for the likes of care homes as well. Yeah. yeah, so it looks like they're op- using this money to scale up and they've opened their sixth office, which is in Denver. So that's it, really. Thank you again for listening to the pod. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the, the news and the update on raises and everything else. Please keep listening. Please make sure you download, share and comment on LinkedIn if you've got anything that you love us doing or that you'd like us to improve on or anything exciting that you think we should talk about. It's been a pleasure doing this with you in person, John. It's been amazing.